Welcome to the Alternative Investment Show on Clubhouse. So I'm Matthias Nab. Let me also invite you to join our Alternative Investments Club and the Family Office Club, which you see both at the bottom of my profile. We also, if you don't know, we also record our sessions. This is actually allowed by the Clubhouse terms if all the speakers give their written consent which I have, of course, from Gabi. So you can access a podcast called Alternative Investments colon Clubhouse Sessions on Apple, Google Podcasts and all the major podcast players. Right. So if you Google Alternative Investments Clubhouse Sessions, you will find us. We'll meet once a week. And if you want to join the show as a speaker, or if you want us to send you a reminder about future shows, you can go to opales.com slash clubhouse and register there. Today's theme is innovations in ESG investing. Our guest is Gabriela Herculano. So Gabi, please quickly introduce yourself. Yes, my name is Gabriela Herculano. Everybody calls me Gabi. I'm the CEO and co-founder of London-based green fintech called iClima Earth. And we are not yet two years old, but we've made a, a solid progress. We have a ETF that is a usage ETF listed in the London Stock Exchange, as well as in Milan and Frankfurt. And we're about to launch at the six in Switzerland. And we are three weeks from launching our second ETF, also in usage, also here in Europe. And then in the summer, crossing the Atlantic and launching these two funds in the U.S. So we've been very busy and very happy to be telling this story. Sure. Yeah. Let's start with, you know, really with the basics. I mean, some people may still think that ESG investing is basically the same as excluding certain companies or sectors from a portfolio. So just walk us through quickly, Gabi, how has ESG involved? What's the cutting edge of ESG investing today? Yeah, I think with ESG, there's been a lot of involvement in good thinking behind the metrics, um, a lot of data providers doing a lot of work in uh, making this tool as elaborate and as powerful as it could be. And I think investors are starting to use ESG in different ways. We're not a data provider per se, right? We design our equity benchmarks because we thought that there was nobody with a similar strategy. And we vertically integrate in our ETFs, follow our benchmarks. Marks. And so in that process, we have engaged in talking to all of the big players, MSCI, FTSE Russell, Sustainalytics, Arabesque, Clarity. There's the common denominator there is that idea of quantifying tangible and intangible metrics that give a very good overview and idea of how a company performs in terms of environmental issues, sustainable, uh, social issues, and governance issues. And then I think we're seeing the, the, the financial products further segment themselves according to the, these different strategies. So, so yes, a lot of the products out there, they do negatively screening, right? So they, or some of them, they want to maximize cores, right? So portfolio are being built, for example, in the carbon segment where we focus, right, we, we very much lead with an environmental and a climate change strategy and focus. So we see a lot of the portfolios, some of them are quite broad, they try to maximize. So the companies that have reduced their carbon footprint, 
basically because they enter into corporate power purchase agreements with renewable energy projects, which is called Scope 2. They reduce their, their carbon footprint, then they get very high e-scores, and they are robust on social issues and governance issues. Sometimes there's a correlation with size, and then they merit being deemed to be a low carbon, a high ESG scores. So the industry is evolving. And different investors, different investment managers are using ESG metrics in different ways. So I think the direction of travel is clear. And I think we're going to start seeing much more segmentation, which I think is great. And I think iClima kind of represents, is an example, right, of, of attempting to further segment this universe, right, of ESG. So it's not, we're not all the same. You cannot just assume that the investment products yeah. are somewhat familiar. So, so to just explain clearly, what is the exact niche that you are carving out with your product? Yeah, so we have this environmental focus, right? We're at climate change. That for us is our why, right? To paraphrase Simon Sinek. For us, the most relevant problem or the biggest problem and the most relevant set of solutions is climate change, right? Is to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius vis-a-vis -vis pre-industrial levels, right? So we wanted to shift the narrative because a lot of the funds are actually very much like that low carbon fund that I just referred to. These companies that are reducing their carbon footprint. So these are companies where the costs are in line with decarbonization. In other words, they are trying to reduce their carbon footprint by looking at their scope one and scope two emissions, and rightly so, trying to see what are the low-hanging fruit solutions. And like I mentioned, corporate power purchase agreements, right, with renewable energy is one way for you to reduce your indirect emissions from energy sources, right? We wanted to shift that narrative in a fundamental way, and we wanted to, to focus on the companies where the revenues are in line with decarbonization. So these are the companies with real innovation, R&D, and products that can decarbonize. So Tesla, for example, epitomizes that. But it's much beyond renewable energy and electric vehicles, right? We're talking about a plethora of solutions that really have that decarbonization impact. So and how, how do, do you screen for those and how many do you have uh, on your radar? That's a great question. So our first uh, uh, fund has, we have 157 companies across 28 subsegments. So what we did was we triangulated EU taxonomy, right, and their definition of companies with green revenues. We triangulated that with the findings of Project Drawdown, a group of over 200 scholars and scientists under the leadership of Paul Hoken that looked at the 100 existing solutions that could be scaled up to bring the world to that carbon neutrality. So we lead with revenue, we lead with green revenue for that matter. So we put that in place, right? So we triangulated our EU taxonomy with the findings from, from Project Drawdown, and then we used a very tangible metric, which is potential avoided emissions in gigatons of CO2 equivalent per year, right? So we have a way to estimate the relevance of these companies in our universe, right? And a way to determine what is the source of their contribution? How are they allowing us to move away from business as usual, which is very much fossil fuel based, right? To, to solutions that are avoiding emissions. So let's take uh, Zoom, for example, right? Was not a household name before the pandemic, but that solution is, is called uh, by, by Project Drawdown, telepresence, right? So instead of flying and having all the emission embedded in that or jumping into cabs that are still predominantly internal combustion 
and engine cars, right? We meet virtually. This is great. This is super interesting. Now, obviously, the next question that comes up is how do you weigh? So we now understand how do you select? What's your universe? You run an ETF based on this philosophy. How do you weigh? Is it equally weighted or is it according to their contribution towards climate change or is there a return, a monetary aspect to it? Yeah, so we used so we did not want to use the market weight kind of traditional methodology because then otherwise you have very large cap companies like Tesla dominating the benchmark. So we ap apply what is called a tiered approach. So currently our 157 names, no company has less than 0.3% and no company has more than 1.2%. So it's it's very balanced. So we take into account the, the market capitalization, but we limit that weight so that we get a good distribution across the different solutions. So no company dominates the benchmark. Right. So just summing up for if anybody joined late to this room, right, we have Gabi Herculano as a guest today. She is talking about a very innovative product, which is a ETF that is designed to reduce carbon imprints and um, address climate change. So you say the ETF is now available at a couple of exchanges and you also have um, a live track record, right? So tell us also more, how has the ETF been doing and how has it been received by the investor community? Yes, that's a great question, Matthias. I think that our early movers were very much the investors that have embraced ESG. So they like the idea of sustainability. They believe that potentially some of these companies, they uh, benefit from two things. One is lower risk because they're more sustainable, right? The way you go about your operations have that sustainability, good governance, lack of tension on social issues, and a more clear environmental and positive environmental type of presence, right? So they believe that in, in that in that that theme, right, from, from the uh, lower risk perspective, but also that some of these companies that are in line with change, with innovation, they're performing very well. We performed very well. Last year, we were up 83% in US dollars. Compliance would have me saying that, of course, there's past performance is no indication of future performance, but that is a solid, robust, and like I said, we don't have any company dominating the benchmark. So this shows that we had solid performance across the spectrum of these 157 companies that we have in our benchmark. So very exciting solutions. For example, fuel cells, which is a very good proxy for this hydrogen economy that is rising, right? Of course, uh, electric vehicles was a, a fantastic subsector last year as well. So we're performing very well. And our second um, ETF that we're launching in, in three weeks, the benchmark had a fantastic performance in the last uh, in the last 12 months 50 names equal weight right so then again a balanced approach and we were up over uh, 280% right this is the return of the benchmark right so not a security but the benchmark that is arcing vast type of return right that is fantastic and that is the story of innovation the second ETF is all about distributed generation based on renewable energy and I think that people are not uh, realizing that if you design portfolios with very interesting themes representing growth and innovation, right, that there's fantastic returns to be made. 
Right. This is obviously a, a question that sometimes comes up if sustainable and ESG impact investing need to compromise on returns, right? So you definitely say, no, this is not the case. It can even enhance returns if it's uh, focused on innovation, as you have explained. So how is the adoption from, let's say, the retail public, right? So who is uh, now looking at your innovative climate change, really transforming ETF? Is it available to retail? I Maybe I missed that, or maybe you can point that out again. It, it is available to retail ETFs. Uh, one of the reasons, right? So our why is decarbonization and our what and how is, is very much ETFs. ETFs have increased in popularity dramatically, right? Now we're talking about 7 trillion AUM deployed across ETF products on the planet, which is robust. And in particular, ESG ETFs have increased in size significantly more recently. So, so we're we're riding that wave as well, right? They are they trade as stocks. So any investor, it's very democratic type of tool. Any investor that has a brokerage account can invest in an ETF. The fees are very competitive, right? So our two ETFs are priced at 65 bips, right? So it's a very competitive and it's liquidity. So you you choose when you want to get in and out, right? So you don't have to commit to a fund that is unlisted or not even liquid, right? So, so for that variety of reasons, I think there's a lot of wealth managers that really care about ESG and really like to play thematic investments through ETF. So those were our early movers, right? Those were the investors that very much started buying our ETF from day one. They like this approach. They reallocate from these broad, low carbon kind of themes. They they like the idea of comprehensive set of solutions. So this goes beyond the renewable energy story. So we're benefiting from an early success that makes us very excited about what's ahead. Right. So just as a last point, right? Some Something that is also a an, an issue is that the you know key performance indicators that I think to some extent you also rely on the K- KPIs that they are not really consistent. Companies are just starting to get used to reporting sustainability key performance indicators. Some are more advanced in this process than others. But as the topic evolves, companies have had to adjust and come up with ways to source new data, right? They themselves need to understand what they are doing and what is the impact of that. So that means even if the ratings were all homogeneous, which is, of course, the other problem that uh, how precise are the ratings, uh, we still have to look at uh, how is the data generated. So can you give us some comfort that we are on a good path there as well when it comes to this data set, the key performance indicators? Yes, that's a very good point. We don't use ESG scorecards. We like raw data. Right. So so we have a team of four analysts. They all come from coincidentally, they all come from a master's in science from Imperial College here in London called climate change, finance and management. And so we have a holistic approach. We marry finance with sustainability. So we've been for the past 18 months looking through all the filings of all these 157 companies. And we look for green revenue, right? That very tangible metric. So we want to quantify in terms of percentage of 
the overall revenue. Not all companies are like Tesla, right? 100% green revenue, 0% brown revenue, right? Which is revenue associated with fossil fuel. So we've, we've been quantifying that green revenue, brown revenue, and potential avoided emissions, right? In gigatons of CO2. So that is a tangible metric that we were very keen to do it in-house. Because, because the players out there, they have, you know, a approach that because of the lack of data, right, it relies on qualitative indications and you end up with scores. And that for us is of less relevance because we did not want to rely on ESG scorecards. We very much believe in revenue driving change, right? What a company does to generate its free cash flow right, is of great importance, right? And if you're just improving your performance across using your, your cost structure, right, you're, you're not really leading with innovation, right? You're just uh, being a good corporate citizen, which is relevant and needed. So so absolutely, Matthias, I completely agree with you. It is very important to use, I think, key data. And we see these providers trying to bring to market more raw data and tangible metrics so I think that this sector will be evolving and improving in the next years, no doubt. So Gabi, this was extremely interesting to learn about your ETF and you know the real difference that you're doing addressing climate change. We are coming to an end. I just wanted to take this session as an opportunity to present a very unique vehicle that is really addressing climate change on a very practical and a very functional level. So Gabi's company again is called I Clima Earth. I Clima, one word, I Clima Earth. I hope somebody will look it up and check out the ETF. I want to thank you all for listening in today. Again, a reminder, this session will be made available as a podcast. And I'll see you next week. I haven't scheduled next week's sessions yet, but you will see it if you are a member of the Alternative Investment Club and look forward to being in touch. Thank you, Gabi, very much. It was great to learn about what you do and all the best. Bye-bye. Matthias, thank you. Sure. Welcome. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was it for today's podcast version of the Alternative Investments Show. Thank you for joining and subscribing to our service. You can always email me at nab at opales.com. Also, if you're interested in joining our show as a guest. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, please write a review to help others discovering the service.